0: What's up Managing Madrid podcast listeners, this is Keon Sovani. What you're about to listen to or watch, depending on what platform you're consuming the content on, is two small clips put together as one clip from last night's post-game podcast that went up over on patreon.com slash managingmadrid. If you are a patron, you get two bonus shows per week. And in the case of last night, every patron got a timely post-game show up night of the game and in time for their commutes the next morning. The entire episode is one hour long. We discussed uh, Ancelotti starting 11, Real Madrid's attempt to press. We'll put it that way. The individual step-ups and in the defensive mistakes. What changed at halftime? Carlo Ancelotti's halftime team talk, his post-game press conference co- quotes. Alternative lineups that I think Real Madrid can put out that could help them press better. The Ancelotti-Rodrigo mini-scuffle, Asensio's cameo, Benzema's performance, uh, Marco Asensio, too many's absence, and a ton more. The entire episode was one hour long, so I'm, I'm definitely forgetting some things. We went into a lot of details. So if you want the full episode, go to patreon.com/slash managing Madrid. Today's clip is about Camavinga and Ceballos. Small clips. I think it runs about seven minutes or something. So I just wanted to get something out there for you guys who are not patrons, and I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening, thanks for tuning in, and let's go. Yeah, I mean, people often, I think, forget or gets lost a little bit in that Champions League run last year when we think about the game changers off the bench, the two that stick out are obviously Kamavinga and Rodrigo and Lucas Vasquez to to an extent too. But Sabios was like, I went back and I just watched those for fun, you know, over the summer because it was just such an amazing thing to to relive. And that every game, I was like, holy shit, I forgot Ceballos was really good in this game. Like, even that Manchester City game, he came in off the bench in the extra time. They couldn't touch him. Like, he was amazing. Like, that kind of energy to have
1: against... He played against, every game. He played in yeah. Stanford Bridge. He played all of them, all the big ones. Yep. <laughs> um,
0: there's part of me that wonders, like, what happens if, if you really want to play this high press, but you can't because the midfielders are older? What happens if you just change it change the guys um just for argument's sake or just to, to put it in theory and, and what would it look like if you put it in practice if you know your midfield was literally you just you you accelerate in some ways the the transition just put too many kamavinga and fede all on the field to start and then Modric is the guy who comes in off the bench and just helps you kill the game you know it's hard to bench Cruz, but maybe you could, you could just, you could start Cruz with those three as well and just kind of shift it around. I I just kind of, I'm curious. I'm curious to know what happens if you just go lights out, ballistic all energy from, from minute one and just impose your will on the game.
1: Well, remember Ancelotti's quote from the start of the season, when he talked about how like when we have Modric Cruz and in this case, too many, it's more about control. And then when I put on, Kamavinga and others Valverde it's about it's the rock and roll it's the chaos yeah Um, and so he recognized that early in the season and I think he liked having the chaos in the second half because you know it was against tired legs and the game was already opening up but maybe you do maybe now since the scouting report's kind of up against us we are in this physical quote-unquote physical decline in January um maybe now you do the inverse and maybe now you start with the the rock and roll to start the game, and then finish it out and control the game with Kruse and Modric when legs are tired, and you can just play the ball around and and switch the field of play, make them even more tired.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting thing to to consider. But I do wonder either way if this if this game in isolation changes things of how Carlo views certain certain elements of the game for the rest of the season i'm not sure but it was nice to see a, a more that second half just felt like more real madrid that's the real madrid we know it's just going back down and super subs off the bench games if the game state completely changes and and we come back and win i want to go back to the first half for a second uh and connect a couple pieces together so tony cruz I, I kind of felt like Kroos and Kamavinga were, at times, a double pivot in this game with Fede just up top in the build up phase. Kroos would be often the single pivot. It would change. It would change throughout. Um, uh, but either way, Choumene not here yet. Choumene watching basketball in, in in Paris. Apparently, we'll talk about that later. Men, this I want to connect this to Mendy, um, who actually got into good attacking positions today. Sometimes when he gets in those positions, he doesn't do much with it today. I thought he was really good with the ball in the final third had two cutbacks, which should have resulted in assists. Uh, They were calculated. He didn't panic in those situations. He had another near cross to Benzema in the, in the, I think it was, I can't remember if it was the first half or second half, but one thing I thought was problematic, about him being there is that we didn't really have an answer to cover for him. And, You can see these high line chances. And I don't know if we mentioned this too. On the second goal, we scored the the Villarreal scored. We mentioned the Militao step up, but that also, if you rewind it, was on the back of a bad pressing sequence as well and and a high line. And there were moments where Mendy was up there and we didn't have the coverage for him. And I think these, I don't know if it's like, I feel like it's a bit of an underrated talking point during this bad form. We haven't had too many uh he changes things a lot for us both in the build-up phase but also defensively like he's a really really big absence and you could feel it in that first half you felt it against Barca although Barca I feel like no matter what I think we would have lost that game but you could definitely feel it in the first half that the coverage was lacking Kamavinga I feel like we didn't talk about him enough yeah So the, the Kamavinga thing I thought he looked really good in this game I was really impressed um you can tell that this this guy just is, is going to prove himself, I think. Like, you can just tell that he really believes in himself. He hasn't let this stuff, these early subs get to him too much. I thought he was really good today. And some of his ball-carrying sequences were fantastic. His tackling was, was fantastic. So was after the game, uh, Lucas asked Ancelotti... Uh, I'm just going to do that easy thing again and just read the quotes on ManagingMujur.com. <laughs> Ewan McTeer says, "Managing managers Lucas Navarrete was in the press room at Estadio Ceramica and his question was about why Kamavinga was allowed to stay on in this occasion. To that, Ancelotti replied, quote, he did really well. His first half was tough like it was for everyone, but then he had a lot of energy and character in the second half. I didn't take him off this time because he needs to learn how to manage that. I also don't even think it should have been a yellow card. He had a complete performance. Nice to see that.
1: Yeah. And I agree with Carlo. I think, especially that second half, I loved Kamavinga's performance. Um, and again, I go back to that kind of energy and bounce and dynamism of that midfield. It just felt like there was an extra like pep in their step there. And, uh, Kamavinga was a huge part of that. And I, I gotta be honest, Kian, I think I'm liking him more and more in this deeper role. Um, And I think the difference, though, is that it's not like he's a pivot that when we play him in that role, or at least in this scheme tonight, it's not like he's a pivot that just holds his position and kind of has to be he doesn't play the role like Casemiro does. Like we press, and he he can sometimes be the highest midfielder um, pressing in that position. But I like when he gets the ball from deeper positions and has space to move forward or can kind of do his drag back and then hit a, a diagonal long ball um and i just think his passing and his ball carrying were really really especially in the second half really good and um i like i like him in that deeper role sports social podcast network